Hello, and welcome to episode 66 of the Surreal Global Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, myself, Hybe, and you'll never walk alone, are delighted to be joined by Twitch partner, Moza Plays, to discuss all things football manager from the early days to FM22. We'll be venturing into the football metaverse with Footium. We'll be looking at why he didn't join Surreal and having a goal at trying to convince him to take it up. We'll look at the Scottish non-league and much, much more. Oh, he was not non-league then? There we go. There we go. <laughs> Derek, pleasure to have you on. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Welcome. guys. Welcome. And it's number 66. So, I mean, I guess you can look at that two ways. It's uh, the episode number of Trent's shirts, you know, England's uh, future star, current future star, current and future star, or 1966, the year in which England won the World Cup. What? How appropriate to be accompanied by two Scots? Let's just talk about Trent then for a little bit. Then. I, I prefer to see '66 as a year Eric Cantona was born. To be honest, distant third. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're the guest, Eric. So we'll 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 run with uh, we'll run with the England World Cup then. <laughs> so yeah, what we normally do, Derek, normally get our guests just to give us a, a bit of an introduction. Tell us a, a bit about your yourself. Normally that leads on to how you found Surreal, but I think that'll go on to how you found Surreal, had a look at it, thought it wasn't for you, and kept going with the, the football manager stuff. So, yeah, you're a, a huge streamer documenting yeah. your football manager journey in all, all different clubs. Tell us a bit more about that. So I've been playing initially championship manager, now football manager for years and years, ever since. I think champ manager three was probably the first one that I took really seriously. Um, bleeding until 102 and the kind of the real classic versions of it. Um, but I only actually started doing the streaming uh, a couple of years or so ago now. Um, and I'm lucky enough now to be a, a touch partner through it. I've also dabbled in a fair bit of normal football content as well. So I am the club ambassador for Broomhill Football Club in the Scottish Lowland League, which is non-league. So we can... Uh, <laughs> I quite enjoyed that joke at the start, knowing that's exactly what we are compared to us. And yeah, we um, we do live broadcasts of the games on my Twitch channel, as well as a bit of football manager and whatever else comes my way. And around about the same time I got into streaming, I also got into crypto. So I've always had a, an interest in these things. So rare, I, I was quite intrigued by it and I very nearly did jump in, but it just felt a wee bit too much on the fantasy football side for me. And I'm notorious for giving up on a fancy football team within a month. It, <laughs> it was more just I thought it might not be suited to me at that point. I'm still open to it, in all honesty. So, so I'm the exact I'm... same. So here's my first attempt to, to get you to give it a go. <laughs> I am I'm completely the same. This is the first year I've ever actually played FPL and actually entered my team each week. I normally gave up after a couple of game weeks and that was it. Didn't really engage with it, found it a bit boring. And yeah, it was mm-hmm. that having to put in your team by a set point, set deadline, wasn't really. So it wasn't something I was wanting to, to do. But Sarer, for some reason, asked, so I did think this, this was going to be a challenge at the start. Would I lose interest over time? And doing putting in the, the teams, getting involved with the, the game weeks. But it hasn't at all. I think it's the game's completely different. Um, you've it's evolving and it's, it's still early it's still exciting over the, the year or so the year and a bit i've been on there's been so much evolution in the platform in the, the players that we've had available the clubs the new licenses um, and just the, the development of the site and the platform itself so there's always been something to, to keep me engaged keep me going and that excitement factor 
talking obviously about the, the crypto element as well. It's quite yeah. exciting. It's a new space. It's interesting. And so I'm learning daily by being part of this community and engaging with other people via this pod and, and just in the wider community. So there's loads of benefits I'm seeing from it there. And for some reason, it's actually piqued my interest in, in FPL. So maybe we'll sign you up to, to Surreyor and FPL for next season. <laughs> you never know. I can't, I can't get involved in FPL at all. I mean, bar the one that, you know, obviously the, the debacle about the positions, you know, I can't pick Salah in midfield and Marnie in midfield. And um, But yeah, I, I just have, I, even prior to Surreyor, I struggled to get any excitement to, to set up an FPL team, I think. Probably the last one I tried was 2011, 2012, somewhere, somewhere around that. This isn't to get to, uh, I, I wouldn't use this as a selling point for Surreya personally, um, but I do hear also, you know, the uh, scepticism initially, if you're just looking at it straight out of the box, then yeah, you you could, I could see how you can jump to that conclusion. I'm curious then, if you entered into the world of crypto or you started to get your feel for, for crypto around that time, but Surreya wasn't of interest, can I ask what you got yourself, dab- what were your first dabblings in the crypto market then? What attracted you in, was it, was it Ethereum? Was it Bitcoin? Was it, you know, uh, anything else that uh, that uh, was your sort of like baptism of fire into, into crypto? So I started off with a mixture of Bitcoin and Ethereum, like I think quite a lot of people do. I was always interested in it, but it took me a good three to six months to actually take the plunge. And because I'm, I'm someone that quite likes to read up on things to the belt you know, before before I fully came out. Yeah, it's slowly but surely I've kind of broadened things out a little bit. So mainly now it's Ethereum and XRP are my two kind of major holdings in it. But um, the, the kind of gaming space, I think it just needed one thing to get me involved. And now I've found for Tailman that's got me started. I think I'm much more likely now to jump into other projects as well. Uh-huh. And so how did you... Uh... How did you come across Footium for the first time? So your team is Penn City FC, is that correct? That's right. Yeah, that's right. So I came across it through another football manager guy, through Tom FM, um, because he did a, a kind of an alpha test, essentially, on their live stream and did, did my research, decided to take the plunge and hopefully touch wood. It seems like it's been a good decision because um, the team seemed really, really committed and there's a lot of a good working on behind the scenes, they're open to all sorts of feedback and implementing changes. So if if the beta goes well, I can only see it taking off, to be honest. Yeah, it looks really interesting. I think it's good to see there's lots of development there. The Discord's crazy. There's lots of chat and people trying to enhance what this game looks like and shape what it looks like. And it's quite interesting to be involved in projects at this early stage. I think you feel like you can actually, via the, the better testing, via your own input, shape what a game looks like and get it to the best possible state as quickly as possible. I think the, the team are pretty good at listening and, and looking at these things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to a bit of a, a rivalry with Penn City FC in the next couple of weeks. I've just but been a road back with it, I think, because I've, I've been calling out a few people, so I can't wait to lose to them all, you know. Well, you've got the you've got the background. As I say, someone that's had the <laughs> gaming experience of yourself, so championship manager, championship manager again, moving out to, to, to football manager, I mean, I think you'll probably notice there's a chasm of difference. I mean, I can't even begin to think of the amount of features that are on the latest football manager that probably weren't around again when I was playing the game 10 odd years ago. So uh, and then you look at probably even if though it's beta and we know it's got you know room to grow, the uh, footium initial options are, are going to be pretty primitive, I guess, compared yeah. to all of the things. But 
I think you've obviously been on that journey, what, 15 years plus, is that fair to say? And based on that journey, you're, you, you know, I know it's a, a long, long time in crypto terms, but even winding the clock forward for footy in 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, as long as they're, you know, delivering a new iteration here, there, every, uh, consistently, um, I think we've all got a good understanding as to, you know, how much in depth that could that could grow and how addictive that could become. Yeah, definitely. I think the initial signs are really good because there's a proper community already there and there's not been an unofficial first season yet. So that's a really good sign. But you can still go back and play the old championship managers as primitive as they look now and enjoy them just as much, I find, because I, I usually go back to playing 0102 for the nostalgia side of things. And um, it doesn't matter that you've not got a, a kind of 3D engine to watch highlights. I'm quite happy just watching it with the text flashing to show a goal or, or whatever. So as long as you build in things that keep people coming back for more, I think that's the secret to it. As long as they get that right and you've got the right kind of compulsion for people to stay involved and keep going at it, they'll, they'll be fine. And is that your favourite then? The uh, So is that your go-to nostalgic uh, version of the game, the 0102. What Remind us again of some of the uh, the key players that uh, probably the older listeners will uh, also look back on fondly. Yeah, 0102 is definitely one I'd, I'd go back to. And you can get it free. It is out there as freeware if you can get it working on your PCs now. But you're, you're back in the days when Serie A was king. So Batistuta was at Roma with Totti. You've still got the likes of Cannavaro, Maldini... Um, in the midfield, Pirlo was just coming through. They're just so, so Del many. Piero, Del Piero. Yeah, Del Piero and, and Zaghi as well. And when you're looking around, kind of further afield, you might remember Jan Koller up front for the Czech Republic, six foot eight, all every inch of him. Um, there was so many. Like Raúl at Real Madrid was another big one. Just so many. Chris Kirkland, Mark Kerr, those <laughs> were the guys. Mark Kerr was just coming through. You're right enough. Yeah, there was quite a few young Scottish players that were actually like incredibly good in the game and, yeah, <laughs> never quite made it. And your, your guys like Cherno Samba. I like the, those early games, the nostalgia element of it. Do you have a, a sort of go-to save when you go back to 0102? Or do you try new teams? Or is there a bunch of players you know you're signing every season? I tend to change things up. I get a wee bit bored if I'm doing the same thing over and over. Um, but that still applies to games now. The only kind of thread through everything I do on stream is that there's always a Scottish link to it. So I'll manage abroad, but the club will have some sort of link to Scotland. And that just helps me get a, a bit more involved in it, a bit more invested in it. So just bring, just bring Gary Mack along as your assistant manager. <laughs> an actual link or one that you've generated in the editor or via the game? An actual link can be historical. Like, for example, I did a save last year where it was MTK Budapest. It was a team in Hungary, but their kind of most famous manager was Scottish and he was a really good manager in Scotland and England, but he ended up basically because he was a drunkard, he got kicked out, went hungry, got himself straight and led the way to essentially the Magyar style of football. So there's always a historical link somewhere. So you're trying to replicate him. And fairly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Favourite players then across all of the, the seasons, any of the, the games? Mark Kerr's got to be there purely just because he was the original Scottish wonder kid. Yeah. And um, he always became the best in the world if he did it right. Yeah, everyone knows the kind of Tonton Zola Makoko or um, you had Cherno Samba. Saviola was always brilliant as a striker Argentine. Yeah, there's 
it's all the classic ones. I've um, I had a couple of Swedes as well. Who were, the, who were the Swedish ones? Yeah, you had Kelstrom was always brilliant. Uh, Kim Kelstrom, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was Colombia for me. Freddie Guarin, and there was a whole bunch of other Mosquera and a few other youngsters that just seemed to, to bang pretty well together. In terms of your knowledge of FM, which is obviously second to none, uh, and the audience there, and from what you've seen so far from Footium, if you were being able to give some some influence, which I'm sure you will do, uh, your your input will be invaluable. Um, what sort of the things do you feel would be the right direction for the Footium developers to go down in, in, in the early stage? I think the important thing is not to try and be everything to all people because there's such a range of different opinions that I've already seen from either people I've already got invested or they're, they're considering buying a club. They don't need to to spread themselves too widely. The most important thing will be to get a good working game and then build out from there, which seems to be the way they're looking at it. Anyway, the amount of things getting thrown out just now in terms of, oh, we need loans, we need this, we need that, and it'll come in time. But as long as the, the gameplay is sound and you're not getting 9-4 results every <laughs> every game week, um, a wee bit of realism built in and that side of things. And yeah, just to encourage the community that has already been really creative with our clubs and our club names and on the, the Twitters, there's about, I think there's several hundred Twitters now for clubs, which is unbelievable. So yeah, I am loving that side of things. All the club launches, people are doing 30 second videos. There's, there's, there's all sorts. Tom FM that you mentioned, he's, he's done his club launch. There's people creating drama between other clubs and writing <laughs> fictional stories. I think there's trouble at Wild Rangers and yeah, badge strip reveals, people making mugs, caps. <laughs> it's, it's, are your fans notorious for anything? Do they throw stuff on the field or are they quite pleasant? What's what's your what's your team law? Uh, it's quite boring, to be honest, Spencer. It's just um, quite a normal club that everything seems quite average now that I, I compare it to other teams. You, t- tourism city, an industrial city? What's uh, what you... uh, I think it's an industrial city, if I remember rightly. I just need to quickly have a look back but um some of the the lore is hilarious i love the ones that are like they're notorious for throwing coins at opposition fans and i'm kind of jealous now that i've not got one that's completely out there but it'll be dynamic from what they're telling us so yeah so you've got the chance to something. chance to move yeah chance to uh evolve over time depending i guess on certain styles or decisions that you make as as a manager yeah? oh no sorry i tell a lie i do have one bit of lore i've just double checked it the fans have been known to sing louder than the opposition fans even during defeat so I've got good fans behind me, which will hopefully be helpful. That'll buy you a run of three defeats, then. <laughs> At least it'll be allowed. Yeah, but it's going to be interesting to see how all that stuff develops, the, the dynamic changes that you can make there. I'm assuming it's going to take the, the token to be able to, to maybe generate some of those changes. I'm just too worried that uh, I'll take on a club and it's just, it's just going to be all-encompassing and it's going to be... Exactly. I just don't have enough time in the day to, to play that answer air as, as actively as I do. And now I'm, it's actually nice to to see being part of Blackpool and seeing the fact that they've they've, they've obviously got a, a position of clubs and we can't obviously wait to to get our scholars to learn the game and play the game and compete in the game as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure at some point it'll, I'll get dragged in and I'll, I'll, I'll want to have a, a taste of uh, management for the first time. But uh, yeah, it, being a fly on the wall, it's fascinating to watch as well. I mean, I think, I think you can actually get enjoyment through watching others, you know, really, really, really get engrossed in the game as well. Yeah, well, that's kind of the idea I've got for what I'm doing behind it because pen- 
the reason that I've got Penn City is that's my club that I'm not selling. Basically, that's the content club. So kind of have updates on the YouTube of what's happening and hopefully going up the leagues, fingers crossed. Um, but I've also got another club that I'll be using to use the scholarship system and give people a go at managing themselves, like especially people that might might not be able to afford a club initially. And maybe even if they do well, get them a, a gig at a higher level. So we'll see. We'll see how it all works out. Yeah, that side of things is really interesting. And we know, obviously, we've, we've got the, the Blackpool clubs and the scholars. We'll hopefully look to, to get on board to, to manage them once we, we know a bit more. I think as well, it lends, it lends itself well to the format that you, that you specialise in, which is the Twitch channel. Um, you know, I've seen a few people that are now starting to become more active on Sarer. Uh, I don't know if it's Twitch, but certainly, or maybe it's YouTube, but certainly now looking to to showcase things that are unveiling their rewards or how they go about selecting their lineups and things like this. But there, I think there's a, there is a limitation on Sarer as to how enjoyable it is to watch somebody else do something on Sarer. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I'm sure you can grow your own audience of Penn City fans that would tune in to watch, you know, the, the two games a day or however frequently they are going to be. Uh, and they will also, you know, be cheering on the lines of text in the same way that you are as a manager. It just feels as though that the format lends itself more to, you know, part- audience participation um, over Sarah, for example. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's something that could even be expanded upon in future because the last time I had a chat with the two of the guys behind it, George and Sam, they were even mentioning, say, in the future, you could have a, a situation where they link up with the sandbox and you could even have people watching games in this kind of metaverse world. There's there's all sorts of different ways it could go. So there's so much potential with it. I think that's something we see a lot more often in 2022. Metaverses really taking centre stage and people being able to, to use some of the NFTs that they've purchased in different collections in these spaces, actually be able to, to move about the, the whole metaverse with a particular profile. Mark, you have obviously you're experimenting with galleries and, and sharing a lot of your stuff there already. We've got the, the exclusive drops as well, and there's all sorts of games being built in these spaces. I think it will be will be huge, right? I mean, a while ago there was that um, there was there was actually a football competition on Decentraland, and there was you know little characters running around on a field in a you know they used up a lot of land to build this stadium, and yeah, I can see you know I, I was. I, dropped into an event that was being hosted, which was in a casino, which was like, it was, it was mind-blowing. And I say now exclusive or dropping some villas. And yeah, you can see, you know, I don't explore it a lot. Um, I only know what I know. There's, there's a ton out there that I've got no no idea of. Um, but yeah, I can imagine even just a, a simplistic house party, invite people around. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure there's a way that you can whack a telly on a on a piece of land, like maybe like in the old drive-through movies, and uh, you know, you know say broadcaster a live footy game or, or whatever it happens to be. Yeah, so uh, I think I think there's a lot of ways that you can spread the word, um, and in addition to you know the conventional Twitch and streams that you can can bring an audience of people. Yeah, you can go and find new audiences of people in in different ways as well. Have you found you've had a lot of people reaching out to you about footy? Yeah, there's there's been a bit of a crossover. I think. It's quite marmite just now because, like when you mention NFTs, half of the the audience tends to go, "Oh, 
oh, I don't like that. And there's obviously a bit of a, an education piece there to be done, but there's a definite layer of intrigue. And I've had um, a good kind of, well, we're in double figures now in terms of people that have asked me about buying a club. And when I start things, if they can have a go at managing the, the club, I'll be offering out scholarship wise. And there's a lot of uh, initial interest that will just be a case of how many of them will actually follow through and invest themselves right into it, I think. That's 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 a fair point, but I also think pricing, um, just based on the hype, that strength in the community that you've highlighted already, we were talking two months ago at these being priced at 0.05 a club. Yeah. You know, and it was, I think, fair to say that uh, there was, again, even scepticism from a lot of the initial Surair managers that were looking at this going... You know, it's yeah, yeah, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. No, it won't. Oh, no, it's, it's not, not going to be a patch on Surair, it's not going to be this, not be that. And you know, all of a sudden, 3,000 clubs sold, bang, 23 minutes or whatever it was. And it's like, and then mm, okay, and then the floor's been rising, the floor's been rising. You know, influencers like yourself, you know, YouTubers, Twitchers that have got you know strong followings and you know, you know, great backgrounds, the same football manager and, and, and similar football games. If this is piquing your interest. You know, we've still yet to really understand what the potential monetary rewards are for this, for the play to earn or play to uh, aspect of the game. But it's nice. It's actually nice in a way that, you know, the finances aren't, you know, leading this. It's not the, uh, the tail wagging the dog here. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's actually the thought of being able to play this game, being able to own a club, being able to have influence on how that club grows. And, you know, yes, I, I know there's many people out there over the years that have, you know, been frustrated with a lost save and, you know, had to, you know, go back to the very beginning and start a start a game all over again. But this is this is this is going to keep going and going. And in, in, if you want to duck out and you want to take a, a year out, I'm sure you can appoint a manager to to run the club in your absence. You can sell the club, you can sell individual players, and this is all going to translate to what well, I say, real money. It's going to 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 cryptocurrency. And with that cryptocurrency, you can then convert back into real money. And it, and I think it's for different people, the penny drops at a different stage. Some people will just look at that and go, ding, great. I'm playing football manager where I pay 30, 40 quid to download it, play a few games and, and have a bit of fun with it. Or, geez, you mean I can buy a club here and this is my club, can't be taken away from me unless I sell it. And all the actions, microtransactions that I'm making within the game are done with you know real money and you know I can actually profit from running my own football club here it's 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 a, it's a completely different ballpark yeah definitely i think the other the, the kind of big crossover i see that it might not have been properly explored as yet is through fifa because the number of people that will throw hundreds of pounds into ultimate team every year and it is it's a finite thing when the new fifa comes out that 200 300 400 pounds you've thrown into player packs is done and you need to start all over again you're throwing that just to EA and you're losing it after, well, within 12 months, you've you've lost it. There's no value left. So the difference here being if things go well, everything you've invested is going to work out well for you and you're going to get your money back plus more. Um, so there's a, a real opportunity, I think, there. Not just for Futium, but generally, I think there's a natural crossover between Futium and Sorare and there's other football projects out there as well that I've seen that. There, um, there could easily be, say, three, four, five of them all running at the same level or similar levels with people just jumping between them all at different times. Yeah, I think they, they offer different things, don't they? So 
what mm-hmm. Fujiyama is giving you is not not the same as Soraya. Completely different. I think there is definitely a, a crossover. We seem to see that from all these different football games and communities. People are moving from one to the next, and it's because they've got a passion from it. But it's also a lot of the time because they're they're chasing the the money that's you know, <laughs> from getting in early to some of these spaces. But eventually that levels out, and you know the, the successful games are the ones that have built communities, have built a, a good product, and have people coming back. Some of these games, as you you've rightly said, like FIFA, they have millions of people spending hundreds of pounds every year, just a, a, an ongoing revenue stream. And people are doing that because they enjoy it, they enjoy the social engagement of it, playing with their friends, playing playing on their, their own. It's a, a release sometimes after work, I think. So, yeah, there's there's definitely longevity in these, these games. If you can add the play-to-earn aspect to that, then this is just an incredible space and something that I think, yeah, we're all excited to explore more. You touched on some other games. I seen a, a tweet the other day there and had a, a couple of others there, Cosmos 11 and Meta Soccer. What, what other games are you most excited about? I think the one that I'm really excited about, and it is, it's far too early to know how it's going to work, is goals. Because there's a huge gap now in the, the football game market where pro-evolution soccer used to be. And obviously... When they went free to play eFootball, it it just died um, because it was just a botched launch. Everything was wrong with it. If goals and there's a few other ones, UFL uh, as a more kind of traditional um, football game that's trying to fill that void. But if goals can fill that void and also translate people from the traditional gaming sphere into the crypto sphere, I think that could be massive. But there's a long way to go, obviously. There's there's not been any sight of gameplay or anything like that as yet. I just I love the fact it's a free-to-play model as well in the crypto sphere. Because one of the main criticisms I've seen from the likes of Futium is our oh, club costs six hundred dollars now. The floor's gone up. I, I I would be interested, but I'm not interested at that price. And that if you've got a free tier a free-to-play game like goals, if that does well, then that's the first step for a lot of people. I think so. Yeah, I think that would be a way of getting people into the space and then onboarding to, to other games that maybe aren't free to play, but having a, a free to play element is is a great tool. Surya used to have that where we had a sort of a free to, to play element for for all users that we yeah, still I mean, have. Look, the free, I think the free to play model. I, I mean, I chatted to John yesterday for for ages on this and on on and off the the recording. And look, you, you can't get anything for free in this world. And you know, free to play for me is try before you buy yeah there, there, there is going to be limitations to what you can do the level of enjoyment the options that are going to be available to you on a free to play uh, model but i do think that if you've got uh, the resources building out a free to play model as an onboarding mechanism for your main game is is, is yeah is, is a logical decision but building out a free to play game requires very different strat- thought process than building out a paid version you know, just because you've got a successful paid version doesn't mean so you can just suddenly lift that up and then you know put it over there and uh, and take off all the stick or the price stickers and say right off you go because it, it it doesn't work like that. I agree with you on goals. I think it's a, an extremely ambitious project, but if they can nail it, then it has got the ability to perhaps lure over the the FIFA players uh, that you that you mentioned because I think there is a bit more correlation between FIFA and uh, and goals. Uh, I think we've already drawn the comparisons between 
football manager in Footyum and FPL and Surair. One thing that we haven't talked about, which is a difference between a lot of these, is the difference between play, uh, users, managers, people like ourselves that enjoy playing with the IP of real players and real teams uh, versus those that you know don't mind playing with fictional players and fictional teams. Uh, obviously, in Football Manager, it's probably not too many seasons before you suddenly run out of the, the players that we all know and love and they all turn into regens. But I, I think that there's you know a decision for a lot of people does hinge on, can I go and buy Messi, Ronaldo, Salah, Lewandowski, etc., or am I going to go with Joe Smith, Bob Green, you know, and, and build my team or, or, or play a game which doesn't involve real players. How do you feel about that? How do you think, uh, as I say, games that are starting out down the fictional route versus those that have gone out to acquire licenses so that their gamers can enjoy the benefits of playing with, you know, real world players? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think so rare because it has real players and it is really attractive um, and it is the reason why I initially looked at it and thought oh this is interesting because you're, everyone likes to think to the head of the curve for the next wonder kid or the next guy is going to break through and you're you're rewarding that if they are essentially with games like Footium if they are going to go the fantasy route they've got to do it the right way um, and that you need to build the lore you need to build the community up because if you don't put any effort any thought into that there's, there's just nothing to, to set it apart. Anyone can put loads of fake names out there for clubs or fake names for players, but it's going to boil down to people making it real. And this is where, when we went back to talking about the, the community of clubs on Twitter and so on, they're essentially building this out, the creators of the game, because they've been given the right tools and the right platform to go ahead and have some fun with it. I think they've been very, very clever with the way they've set it up. I also think, like, Cosmo Sullivan's another one where you look at it, they've built a massive fantasy, kind of, it's based in, I think it's the year 40,000 and something, so they've just gone crazy with it, and there's aliens in the eye and all sorts. It makes it a bit easier, but you are going to turn off certain people, including myself, because I prefer more of a simulation. You're, you're, you're a purist, yeah? As a yeah, yeah. Even, even even down to the interface that Footy used. I think that was one of the first things that struck me when I saw it for the first time. And I said, I haven't played football manager for years and years and years. But as soon as I saw it, you just you just you just literally went, it's football manager on the blockchain. Or at least it felt yeah. that way, it felt that way to me. And even looking at the card designs, as, as cool as they actually are, perhaps you could argue don't necessarily fit perfectly in with the rest of the interface, because the interface really is traditional football manager. And then you've got this layer of perhaps more futuristic fantasy cards uh, to represent the players. So I don't know maybe they'll they'll do something on the interface to perhaps modernise it alongside the cards. But I think the foundation is is pretty much there for anyone to see if they're if they're looking at it for the first time. Yeah, um, I think they've been quite clever with the card designs that they've almost made them look like old school baseball cards. So they've got that kind of retro vibe to them as well. Yeah, no, um, I can see that. The interface itself will get modernised as time goes on, so it'll be interesting to see how it looks in a year, two years down the line. Yeah, and I, and I looked at that Cosmos Eleven, and I felt similar. Yeah, it, it didn't strike it didn't strike me, but maybe that's because I'm a little bit older, um, and I didn't have anything to you know to, didn't resonate with me, and I didn't you know didn't didn't bring it didn't evoke any memories of me playing other games similar to yeah. this. Uh, I guess you know one step down is Cyborg. Cyborg does. 
whilst it looks futuristic, I think that looks a little bit more pick up and play. Mm-hmm. Um, and the alpha is going to start on that, uh, I think, as early as next week. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that evolves. Uh, but I would put Cosmos 11 and, and maybe uh, Cyborg in a similar box as well to see, you know, which one of those emerges. But, you know, we all know there's, there's room in this marketplace for hundreds of football games. You know, you, you only have to look on your app store and just put in the word football and you get all sorts of options. So we're still only, you know, discussing at the moment half a dozen, eight <laughs> games at best. Um, I think we, we we are literally scratching the surface right now of, of what we could be talking about in a in a couple of years from now. And you have to remember, a lot of people are, are still, we're learning how to build these games and how, how the communities work and react to them. So a lot of these projects are test and learn scenarios, I think, and you'll see some succeed, some will ultimately fail, but it will enable those that are going to go on in the future to succeed in, in new games to be born out the back of them. So, yeah, an exciting time to, to be involved with them, I think. It's just the, the time involved to actually try each of them. So if you're, as you said, heavily involved in Serer or already in Football Manager and, and Footium, do you have the time to spend in eight or nine, ten other games to see which one's going to work? Yeah, that, I think, is is one of the challenges, but it's a good challenge to have. Lots of football always, games that we want to, to try and play. Yeah, it's always better the devil you know. And, and I guess, um, Derek, if you build Penn City on, you know, straight off the bat, back-to-back promotions and uh, you're sitting pretty and uh, and competing towards, you know, the higher end of the league, it's probably going to be even harder to to sway your thoughts and, and turn you into, convert you into playing another game. I mean, if all goes to plan and this plays out as we all hope it will do, you know, how much time do you think you would be devoting towards managing Penn City, for example? It's going to be easier to dabble in at least one or two other games now that they've made it half-hour games one a day. I think it's quite a realistic model they've got. The, the idea they had initially that games could last 90 minutes, I don't think was feasible if you're going to have daily games. Agreed. So you've got, what well, seasons will last around about a month and you've got 12 teams in your league, so 22 games. And then there's a down period of about what eight, a week to 10 days where you get your new players through and so on. So you're probably only going to spend 15 minutes or so a day setting your lineup, then keeping an eye on the, the game. Um, it seems like the direction of travel is there might be limited opportunity to make changes during it. But I don't think it'll be a real time thing. And we'll see how that plays out. Realistically, if you get fully invested in that and see if you get even two or three clubs you're probably only going to have time for one other game maximum. It's something definitely to consider as well. And I do feel personally that it will also be those that commit. You know, it's, you've still got to spend your time wisely. You can't just be sitting staring at a screen being unproductive. But a lot of these games initially will reward those that are looking for those small advantages that they can have. And, and time is one of those. And if you can sit and trawl the, the transfer market hour after hour after hour and pick up good deals... You know, these little incremental improvements are going to give you a head start over someone who, you know, initially might be as competent as you on the tactics, but uh, is only logging in once a day for half an hour. So uh, I think, again, as people are jostling for position, I know you're going to have people that automatically want to be those first managers that promote out of whatever division they've been handed their club in and start fighting their way up the ladder. And I think if people get a taste of it 
and again it depends on you know the finances as well and if the rewards are, are there for the taking but you know you've got people sitting on Sarah 24 7 a day monitoring absolutely every transaction on the market looking to make 0.01 ETH here 0.1 ETH on one ETH on, <laughs> on bigger transactions you know I, I think this can be you know I think it's going to need to come with a health warning at some stage, people sitting at their screens for hours upon hours upon hours. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because one of the theories I've got is they've got this idea for scholarship that you'll have an assistant manager if you wish. I think some people will use that not as an assistant manager, but as a scout, essentially. So they'll get someone to work for them just monitoring the transfer market. And if someone comes on at, say, below floor or far cheaper than they should be, they can obviously alert the, the manager to that so the person would still manage the club and do the tactics and so on but maybe even profit share with the person that's helping on the transfer front oh yeah and i can definitely see feeder clubs all, all day long yeah you know, they'll you know because there'll be certain types of scholars that will be doing this you know to to earn you know from from their time that they spend in the game and rightly so and then there will be managers that all want to compete higher up and no, no better way to get a favorable deal than through you know if you're the parent club and you've got one like you said you've got one club underneath you at the moment but you might grow that out because it might be more lucrative for you to then have a stable of half a dozen managers that you've got you know that you can lend clubs out to people can have some fun play a bit of games and if once a year once a season they discover someone amazing You've got first right of refusal on, you know, a wonder kid that you can bring to your parent club and, you know, that drives your success or chances of success higher as well. Yeah, I think we'll see all sorts of connections between clubs. Penn City have already got a, a few friendly connections, haven't you? How, how is that going to work? Is that on transfers? Have you got a, an agreement to, to go easy on them? What, what, what are we <laughs> talking here? So basically that tweet that I put out with uh, the three clubs on, I actually own all three of the clubs. But the idea is... Ah, it's one of those ones. It's, it's one, one of those. Of those. Oh. So the idea is that one of them will exclusively be managed by people who watch my YouTube channel. So they'll get two games each. And we'll see if they do better than I do with Penn City. And the other one, I'm trying to, to prove a theory with it. So one of the, the ways I'm kind of suggesting people can get into this and manage their club is to buy it at a certain price list it for six months at a higher price that they'd be happy with and then just manage it and as soon as it gets to a certain level someone will take it off the market so it's more of a, a test that I'm using it's South City's a, the club that I'm doing it with so I picked up off the floor at just over 0.2 it's at 0.35 on OpenSea just now and the idea is if I can get them into a promotion berth It'll be interesting to see how quickly they disappear from the market. Interesting, yeah. So at the moment, the market, you're buying clubs based on the badge, maybe the, the lower, maybe the, a lot of the time it's a division or the, the stadium's capacity at the moment. But it'd be interesting to see once the games get going, people selling clubs that are top of the league or relegation teams that need to be you know, reshuffled and given a bit of love, what that does to the pricing of these. That's going to be a, an interesting one. That's the idea. Yeah, so I'll, um, I'll keep tabs on it kind of game day to game day and I suspect if I can get them in that top three they'll probably go maybe halfway through a season if they're looking good to get put up to division seven the issue is they might go before that if the floor goes up so I might not get to do my experiment so we'll see how it works out yeah quite a, a big jump there from point two to point three five just yeah. with our division eight and division seven so I think another nice thing will be if it, if it becomes a feature 
is to to better play friendly games where there's no impact on stamina or, or morale or things like this. So you'll really get a lot of people pairing up and really exhausting the tactic engines or oh, there's three, five, two beat four, four, two, there's da, da, da. And uh, I think there's a lot of valuable Intel that you can learn from a scholars, scholarship model that way as well, just by being able to you know, play out a number of friendly games, whether or not they'll be, that'll be deemed or to uh, beneficial or advantageous for, for those able to do it. Idea of being able to spin off and having a, a social league, which doesn't have, as I say, any impact on what's happening to the real footy and football league. Um, but yeah, to better just pick off, you know, a dozen mates and uh, set up a social uh, ladder uh, and, and play there without, as I say, having any impact on injuries, um, yeah, stamina and, and morale. And I think that could happen as well, uh, as opposed to just playing the, uh, the official games. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go around that as well. Not just that, there's also, as you mentioned, if you've got a, club, a, a group of clubs, how easy it would be to say reserves in a Division 1 club could be sent to a Division 5 club that you also own and suddenly help them get promoted. It's, there's all sorts of um, different ways that you can help yourself if you're lucky enough to have a few clubs. So we'll, uh, we'll see if they try to limit certain things or if it'll just be a... Well, I think the nice thing is the community will, will ultimately end up having a big say in, in that. And so if there are two decisions to be... as uh, a choice of two decisions to be made. You can bet your bottom dollar if one decision is deemed to be you know too advantageous for... Wales or you know people with loads of clubs then uh, that will get voted down in favour of uh, <laughs> of one which will allow the everyday manager to uh, to have something new in their kit bag yeah I think that'll be the secret to it being successful as long as they find the right balance with these things so that everyone can get something out of it there's no reason why it can't succeed right well so when are we going to start Penn City on Sorelin or is that uh, is that just that's just that's in, in, in the bin for now is it <laughs> I am still considering it I'll be honest I do find myself looking at it every so often do you know I think see if there was more Scottish based players in it I would probably have jumped by now but it's yeah it's um it's one of those I'm just needing something to push me in I think what Scottish based players would you you most like to see in the game what clubs what players just a variety and um, there's not any in particular I don't think but I've kind of I've seen a few people looking to build out under twenty three teams, um, for the the kind of five sides. With I've noticed they um they were just trying to fill it out with players based in Scotland and a lot of the the Japanese arrivals to Celtic are already yep. in so rare and so on. So it just feels like we're we're getting to that point now where enough are beginning to arrive in Scotland that we'll probably be able to have teams in that description. Yeah, I've been waiting over a, a year for the Scottish League to to get added and. Yeah, sadly still waiting at the moment, but I'm sure it is one that's going to be added sooner rather than later. I'm sure this year, I thought last year we'd have it, but <laughs> yeah, it's going to make it a lot more interesting. I think there's a, there's a lot of Scottish managers on the platform, and I think it will be really interesting to see the pricing off these players. I think a lot of us will balk at the price of some of them compared to European stars. Um, already feels that you have that anyway with you know your your SO five stars players who are playing in some of the the lesser leagues or the, the more obscure leagues to the the top five European leagues that yeah they, they go for really high prices potentially higher prices than solid players in top four top five clubs in the top five leagues it's 
it's an interesting dynamic. And I think Scotland will just uh, further crowds the Euro challenges divisions. Yeah, it's going to region. have to be a decision. Yeah, there'd need to be. So yeah, I mean, you'd then be thrown in with the the Salzburgs, the Ajaxes, the Club Bruges. Uh, there'll be a whole host of uh, you know sporting, all sorts of challenger stacks and and strong teams to compete against. In terms of of, of how deeply you've looked into it, then Derek, what what is your decision? Do you think ultimately hinge upon as to whether or not you will end up biting the bullet? And then, you know, spending time with Footy and Sarah. Is it a time decision? Is it a monetary decision? Is it a learning curve decision? Where, where do you, where do you, where do you think is the ultimate crux to, you know, okay, I've seen enough now. I'm going to make a jump or I've seen enough. No, it's not for me. I think it's a bit of all three. Um, although I wouldn't be jumping in over the next month. I know that much because like basically I'll be putting full focus into Footy and in the next two weeks, I'll be involved in the next beta tranche to test that out. So I'll be putting all energies into that just to see if I can basically find any advantage myself. As soon as that's launched and I'm settled into how it works and I'm quite comfortable with it, I think that's probably the time where I'd be most likely to to jump into something else. And I think Soria is probably the one that I would because the other projects I'm keeping an eye on are still in very, very early stages some of them haven't even done minting yet. Some of them have only just started. Whereas Soraya's obviously growing at an exponential rate. It's it's proven and it's only getting better. So maybe in a couple of months, if you ask. Oh, no, that's fair. I say, I mean, if, if you if you've been uh, accepted and as as one of the beta testers, then yeah, you'd be foolish not to throw yourself wholeheartedly into that. And uh, yeah, um, you've you've got a platform there where you can get off to as as fast a start as as, as anyone else. So no, I wish you every success with that. I guess then uh, if the uh, the carrot of the uh, the Scottish Premier League comes in, um, that that might be that might be the one that uh, you know you, uh, you you might find a little bit harder to resist. I think it's a pretty safe bet that if the, the Scottish licensee, I'll probably in fall pretty quickly behind it. The team must be listening. A truckload of <laughs> a truckload of coffee uh, and uh, and uh, no sleep for the next quarter. I don't sleep anyway. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're not playing football, then um, you, you you say you manage uh, uh, or you're you're working with a, a non-league team in Scotland. Is that correct? Do you want to share a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I'm uh, the club club ambassador for Broomhill, and that came out of initially. I just did a little bit of uh, football manager content for them going way back. And I've ended up being quite kind of involved with the club itself now that I'll attend certain board meetings, that kind of thing. And I do the live streams, so I present and commentate on our live games or home games. And uh, it's it's going well. We're, um, we're in the fifth tier of Scottish football, so we're one promotion away from the quote-unquote league system. And if we do get that promotion at some point, it would be huge for the club. As of now, we are still technically non-league, so we'll see how it goes over the next... Uh, the next few years we're still ground sharing as well so we're kind of working to get back to Glasgow which Broomhill is just a, an area of Glasgow that the club originally was formed in so we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes but it's it's been really interesting actually getting involved with a, a proper football club and the running of it and it's not all glamorous down that level I can tell you that much and have you seen like the uh, the company is it Futera? Futera? Yeah. Uh, 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 looking at now way well they are moving ahead with acquiring a club they've got the infrastructure they've got the ground in in, in bangkok 
and and they're building out. Have you followed their uh, journey? Does that have any similarities? Do you think, or anything that you do with Broomhill that you think might also correlate to uh, to the how they're growing? Futera is an interesting one. Uh, I'm going to be keeping an eye on it pretty closely because I don't think it would work in this country. Um, so it's interesting the way that they've got set up and it looks like they've got great facilities and um, looks like they've got a, a decent start with people getting behind them. I think you'd have seen the reaction when there was a, a group of, it was mainly Bitcoin guys who were talking about taking over Bradford recently and there was a huge reaction against that. Although there is a club down the down the pyramid down in England, uh, Bedford, who now are owned by a guy who's a, a big Bitcoin guy, so we'll see how that that plays out. But I think if an NFT project tried to do that in, in the UK, it would just, yeah, it wouldn't get any chance at all. So we'll see if they can prove it with the, the system they've got. And because there's a lot of sceptics, it'll need to be turned around. Uh, if Red Bull can do it, why can't an NFT do? I'm sure That's I'm sure we see lots of these. There's Yeah, there was, there's a few projects I've seen touted about that are looking in that space and yeah, it's an interesting concept, isn't it? I think the finances are fine. I think, you know, you present something well enough to, uh, you know, the right people and you'll get people go, yeah, I'll have to see that happening and they'll give you the money. I, I just think, I know, I'm, I'm, I where I'm struggling to, to keep up with the vision of some of these is in practicality, other than selecting, you know, the colour of your away kit and, you know, making some decisions on where the money is best spent. You know, unless you're, you know, in bed with every single agent in the world, I just think the actual conducting of transfers, it, it just moves too quickly. How is uh, a consortium or a DAO or group of individuals going to be able to agree in a timely enough fashion for really key decisions that, that football clubs have to make on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, we can all have a little laugh and choose a, a halftime song um, or what comes out the tannoy. But, you know, when it comes to actually buying a player to improve your team, how is that, how is the acquisition of a player going to play out when you've got X hundred DAO members or with, you know, differences of opinion? But it didn't work initially when they tried at Ebb's Fleet. I remember it was, it was my football club it was called back then. The initial yeah. project, it was buy a share in a football club, be part of it. And there was a few times where they had a vote to try and decide if the manager could sign a player and a player just went and signed somewhere else. <laughs> so it was one of those that, in practical terms, it just didn't work and it ended up dying a death when people grew disinterested after a year. And the, the membership just kind of plummeted and the budget wasn't there anymore. So I think that's why there's a healthy level of scepticism around football when we've seen projects like that before crypto came along, but of a similar mindset, they just didn't work. So it will need someone to go and prove the model before we'll get widespread acceptance. And we'll see if it works with Futera, but I'm, um, I'm a healthy sceptic for now. Oh, you look, I think we'd all love to see all of these projects succeed or at least play out so that as fans and as gamers, we can decide where we are, where we'd like to best spend and utilise our, our time and money. I mean, again, knowing Sarah, knowing now Footyum and knowing some of the other games, and knowing what you can yield from that, yes, it'd be very nice to have a say in, in how a, a, a football club is run, but the opportunity cost of investing money into a club versus the opportunity cost of investing money into, let's say, my own Footium club or my own Serere collection, I think given all the choices, even if they were all up and running at the same level and all had, you know, 
a, 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 a strong future. I can't see how being a token holder of a club is, is potentially as lucrative as, you know, playing a game successfully. Now, of course, not everyone's barometer for success is finance. You know, it could be enjoyment. It could be, you know, just wanting to see something they're a part of succeed. But yeah, I, I think for me, laying those three options alongside, say, managing a football club, you know, playing with a collection of cards or, or investing in the future of a football club, I know. I think that one still comes third, even if all the variables fall nicely into place. Yeah, it's probably quite a, a lot needed to make it work. There, there is a, there's definitely something about fan tokens and joy, fan engagement via via tokens. We've seen a, a few models. I don't think they're they're quite hit, they, they quite hit the mark at this stage, but there is something there. It's maybe about realistic expectations of what this can get to you and a bit of evolution in the space. So again, talking about testing some of this stuff out and these platforms will evolve what you, you have to almost bring it to market first and then get clubs invo- involved in, and actually build it up. We've seen it with Surreal. When you started, it was played out in a, in a Discord and it was much different to what it is today. And we'll, we'll see that with some of these other platforms, hopefully, if they, they do succeed. But yeah, it's a bit of a, a stretch to, to be thinking, taking over a, a club, what value are you getting from that individually? I think for most most of these games, one of the, the drivers is financial. I think that's probably something we, we, we have to admit. It is. People are in, in these spaces for enjoyment, but also because there's a, a yield involved. And I think, yeah, unless you're getting some kind of return, whether that's enjoyment factor, so the fan token system, there will be something there where you can get extra access to the football players that you love, the clubs that you love. But does that translate to some random club that everyone on the internet is chipping into? I'm I'm not so sure. Yeah, I think it needs to be backed by something more. If you look at the example hashtag, they've obviously kind of driven it off the back of loads of people watching the content on YouTube. At the moment, I don't think what these tokens offer is enough. It needs it needs more value to it, I think. Yeah, I think that's a, the right way to look at it. Fascinating. Well, look, I, I think personally, you know, it'd be great to uh, to have this conversation in, you know, six months, 12 months again, because the space moves so quickly and everything we've discussed today, I mean, hopefully we've given a few people, dropped a few new names of games that people might not have seen or, or heard of yet and, uh, and they can start to go and explore those themselves. But yeah, I mean, the space moves so quickly that in six to 12 months from now, we could be, you know, our own individual rankings of, of where we see the games versus each other, you know, could be turned on its head. Uh, or, you know, we could also be talking about new games and names that uh, uh, have yet to enter the arena and that we've, we've not yet heard of. So, uh, yeah, it seems to me as though, you know, Derek, you've got, you know, vast knowledge of football management games and and you know you've got your ear to the ground so you are now being able to to to, to get access to everything that's going on in the world of crypto and uh yeah I, I'm, I'm going to be following your uh I'll, I'll be following penn city i don't mind being a uh i'll, I'll jump in the, into the uh into the pen and uh and, and shout for you boys uh on your, on your first promotion uh push well fingers crossed it won't take too long <laughs> that's the plan anyway Canton as our honourable legend at the club, Mark. Oh, I have retracted my season ticket. Uh, I'll put it up for grabs. Well, 1966 was a beautiful year, wasn't it? Right, Derek, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for, for coming on today. We've had a great insight into all sorts. Football manager, footy, um, surreal. 
I think in three months' time, I've got a pen in the, the diary to, to come back at you and get you involved. But I'm sure we'll get the, the Scottish League on before then. I'm sure we will. I've made my commitment now, have I? So that, that's uh, it. So as soon as they're on, so Sarah so know that at least they've got one more sign up. This is, this will change things. I think Brian will be pushing for this this deal. I think can't we'll, wait to we'll, be trolling we'll the market soon. looking for Livingston Wonder Kids. I can tell you, you won't be alone. <laughs> I know, it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see on there. It's a bit surreal um, seeing yeah, some of these players against your Messi's and Co's and Mbappe's. But yeah, that's the, the fun of the game, isn't it? Right. Oh, thank yeah, you very enjoyable. much for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. And maybe if, I, if I'm back on in the future, maybe it'll be a bit more surreal focus. We'll, we'll wait and see. That's it. But lots of footy content as well in the meantime. Looking forward to getting into that over the next few weeks with you. Just, just waiting for Hybe to end up buying the Ethereum address, the Surreal and Footium Podcast. East. <laughs> <laughs> then he might give it a rebrand. <laughs> it's, too, it's too long. It's too long. We we'll need to think about that one. So Footium. So Foot. Foot Rear. Oh, don't start playing around with that. Oh, you're <laughs> you're, you're going to end up putting a capital R in the middle of Surreal, aren't you? Oh, Soon, so it's, it's the way. It's the way. So that brings us to the end of today's Sorier Global Fantasy Football Podcast. I hope you found it useful. As always, if you could like, subscribe and leave a review, then we can help introduce the fantastic concept to more users. See you next time.